Hello, you're listening to the C to Z of movies. My name's Colin. I'm the C. Uh, C to the Z is not with me. Instead, I have David the D. Hi, Dave. Hi there. It's uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast uh, and your encyclopedic cinematic knowledge. That's very kind of you. Thank you, Colin. Yeah, more the C to D of movies today, I think, rather than the C to Z. They're not going as far. That's right. It's a, it's a much more limited scope, the yeah. C to D of movies. Probably. Yeah. I think it works. Um, we will be talking about, uh, in fact, we will be producing the definitive top 10 uh, films beginning with D, in as much as we've contributed to it and a bunch of people on Facebook. Yeah, it's definitely definitive. As definitive as it gets, I think. Um, we'll be talking about the films of Jack Nicholson. We've got a little quiz on the Coen Brothers films and much, much more. Yeah, okay. Which is, <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with, much, much more is the closest we've got to a catchphrase on this podcast. Okay, I'll try and um, work that into my... Uh... Into what I say later on in the show. I'll try and bear that one in mind. Please do. It's never true. It's yeah. always based on just list everything we're going to do and then claim there's more. Um, but I, I know you, Dave. I used to live with you. You remember? Yeah, that's true. I, I do remember. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but the podcast listing public don't know who you are. So I'm going to ask you a few questions about the films that you like and um, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, sure. Do you have a favourite film? And if so, what is it? That's a good question. Yeah, I've had a few different favourites. Um, probably one which is relevant to this show we're talking about today because it's a Jack Nicholson film, would be uh, oh, yeah. Chinatown. I know you haven't seen it. I haven't. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I've always really, really enjoyed that film. Um, I think the performances are excellent. The uh, direction, the script is, is really good. It's just a kind of classic uh, noir set in LA. I remember you had a, a poster of it on the wall. Yeah, I did. I used to have a poster. Yeah, I've still got it somewhere in my shed. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very, really good film. If you haven't seen it. Forget it, Dave. No. Chinatown. Yeah. <laughs> I may not have seen it, but I do know at least one line from it. Yeah. Um, I, I cleverly interspersed your name with it. Yeah, as you know, I have a thing against uh, Roman Polanski films, but there you go. Yeah, as a person, he's pretty uh, reprehensible, but the, uh, the film is it, it certainly stands up. Cool. Um, okay, I'm going to ask you to cast your mind back now, Dave. Uh, what is the first film you ever saw at the cinema? I think it was, was, I think it was probably Pinocchio. Oh, yeah. The, the cartoon? Yeah, the cartoon, the, the Disney cartoon. I was maybe five or six or something like that. I'm not sure. I can't remember oh, yeah. the exact age. I think they must have kind of had a, a re-showing or they, they, they brought it out again, remastered it or something for some reason. But yeah, it, it was showing at the local cinema, so I went to see that one. Nice. It was good. Um, I seemed to be all enjoying it. Did you did you grow up with kind of Disney cartoons? Was it? A bit, yeah, some of them. I, I really liked, uh, I always watched Robin Hood a lot when I was, I was younger. Oh, yeah. I that. that was great. Yeah, yeah I, I still watch it sometimes. Uh, Olivia. Um Oh so, yes. So yeah, she, she she really enjoys that one. There's a few of us she likes to. But yeah, Robin Hood's a, one of my favourite Disney film. Yeah, I was, Robin Hood and Peter Pan were the ones I watched a lot when I was a kid. My friend Philip had uh, Peter Pan on VHS. It was, yeah, Shout out to my friend Philip. I've not seen for twenty years. <laughs> cool. Like all the guests we've had on this podcast, you have young children, which might influence yes. the uh, the answer to the next question. Yeah. Uh, what was the last film you saw? Actually, it wasn't a children's film. It was. Oh, no. It was Star Wars, uh, Empire Strikes Back. We were having a bit of a kind of a Star Wars oh, yeah. session at the moment. Going through, we both I saw um, the Last Shadow of Victoria on Tuesday. We both really enjoyed oh, that, yeah. and we're kind of working our way back through the Star Wars film. So, oh, so what 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 order are you watching them? So yes, yeah, so we're starting in four, five, six, and then one, two, three, and then seven. I think is the plan. Okay. Um, are you familiar with the machete order? Is it four, five, one, two, three, six? Is that how it goes? Uh, sort of, in fact, it's four, five, two, three, six. The the, okay, the recommendation is to ignore episode one altogether. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, well, I haven't. Uh, well, the reason for it is, is more based on the fact that I have, don't actually have a copy of one, two, and three at the moment. I've, I've ordered right. it so you can kind of do okay. a complete, uh, complete cycle. But yeah, yeah, fair enough. So you, you're not uh, not not exposing the kids to Star Wars yet? Actually, I did watch the first one, Olivia, yesterday. Oh yeah, she didn't. Okay. She wasn't too keen. She wasn't too keen on the first Star Wars. I think it's a bit more sedately paced than the more recent yeah. films. And episode episode three is pretty scary if you're uh yeah i think i'm not sure something might be rated a bit like the, the first original trilogy of all, all, all rated uh you so it's sort of fine to watch the kids okay. i think maybe some of the like revenge of the sith or the more recent ones are pretty 12a or something so they're pretty bit yeah. not quite so appropriate for, for children paddington 2 if you're looking for a kid's film yeah I, I did see that it's actually really good um Is it? yeah i have to confess i fell asleep during it but i did enjoy okay. the two-thirds of it i watched i thought it was really really funny and uh heartwarming they might quit you on the poster. Yeah, yeah. I fell asleep, but it was apart from the bits I saw were pretty good. No, it, it, very, it was, very relaxing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, it, it was actually I really enjoyed it. Hugh Grant, especially. I thought it was excellent. He's been um, gonna... he's been nominated for a BAFTA this Has week. He? For that really well. It's deserved. He did really well. Yeah, I think he's having, he's having a nice um, nice part of his career. He's in, I don't know if you saw Florence Foster Jenkins uh, last year. He was. No, I've never heard of that he's film. A... Florence Foster Jenkins. Yeah. I like, I like this, this stage of his career where he's not playing romantic leads anymore. He seems to be uh, doing pretty well. Um, now, this is a question that everyone takes ages about, but I'm yeah. sure, Dave, I'm sure you'll have a great answer. Um, if there was a film of your life, the, the David Park Found story, who would play you in that film? Well, I don't know. It's a good question. Um... You, you're in good company. We, yeah. Every guest I've ever had on the podcast has not been able to answer that question. So I, I really ought to tell people in advance, and yet I never do. Quite, maybe Andrew Garfield or something. I think Andrew Garfield, good. good shout. Yeah, good shout. Very good actor. Yeah, yeah. he's good in. Um, is he? Is he in Boy A? The, the, the uh, film yeah, about the yeah. kind of uh, former child criminal trying to escape his past. And... Oh, so he'd be perfect to play you. This is a uh... yeah. Well, not not because of that. I just thought he was, he was really good in that film. Yeah, he was um, Hacksaw Ridge last year. He was excellent in that. Mel Gibson film. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. Was it, was it good? I was a bit averse to Mel Gibson, I guess, maybe for reasons you don't watch Roman Polanski films. I was a bit. Yes, fair enough. Mel Gibson's recent. Uh, yes, no, he, he was. He was very good. He's uh, Andrew Garfield's excellent conscientious objector, uh, who's in fighting the war but refusing to use a gun. Well, okay. he's not fighting the war. He's in. He's in the war, so he's kind of doing medical things and whatever else. Um, yeah, I'm not really into war films generally, but there's some f- fantastic uh, stuff in there. Yeah, yeah, that's some good war films. Right. Well, thank you for that. I think every, the podcast listening public. Uh, now knows everything they'd ever want to know about you. <laughs> well, uh, some things. Uh, if you want to find out more about Dave, Google him. Uh, I'm sure he's... It's all top secret. We have an occasional segment called uh, To See or Not To Z, uh, which is a very now laboured joke about the fact that we say Z rather than Z. Um, to see or not there's... to D, would that be okay? Would that be uh, well less of a joke? But we talk about a film we've seen recently and uh, whether you should see it or not. Uh, I won't spend too long on this because we've got a lot to cover, but uh, I saw Molly's Game last night, which is um, the directorial debut of Aaron Sorkin, uh, who also wrote it, uh, well known for things like The West Wing, Social Network, um, Steve Jobs, a few good men, uh, and I, I recommend it. It's very good. It's about um, it's a real-life story of a girl called Molly Bloom, who uh, basically was running poker games in America and then got done by the feds, uh, but it's trademark zippy quick dialogue uh, and i think he's other than the fact that he clearly isn't that bothered about continuity there are three or four really glaring cuts continuity went out the window i think he's a promising director so okay sounds good i've 
Yeah, well, I saw um, The Last Jedi this week. That's the one oh, film yeah. I've seen recently. But I think you, you may have discussed it at length before. I think there's an episode of this podcast, uh, podcast wasn't there, where you talked about it. There was indeed, yeah. In great detail. I'm not sure what more I can add to that, but yeah, I, I really Fair enjoyed enough. it. Cool, there you go. Yeah. Um, thank you very much. Yes, that was the last guest time we had my friend James who uh, who knows Star Wars inside out. So a lot of it was just me sitting back and saying, tell us more about that. <laughs> was he impressed with it? Was he... Uh... Yeah, I think he, he wanted to. Um, I think he wanted to see it again to make his mind up. But uh, but uh, by and large, yeah. yeah he's I know that some the, Star Wars uh, fans have objected to a few bit kind of the more uh, what were kind of the new Jedi powers that kind of uh, Princess well, Leia displayed and, and, and Luke Skywalker displayed, which kind of gave it yeah, further than what they used to be I able to we, do. We did talk about because yeah, they do seem to just made up what the Force can do. But to be honest, if you look at the old Star Wars films, every new film they made up something new that the Force could do. So suddenly decide that you can have force ghosts part way through and why not yeah, why not why not um we move on to uh our segment called actor factor which is where we're going to talk about the uh, the films of jack nicholson generally we have a half-hearted attempt to decide what the best and worst are but i i, I feel knowing you dave going into this we're not going to agree on that anyway so we're... we can we can try we can try i'm not sure if I, I've, I've recorded his worst films pretty few i guess one i remember recently was anger management if you have sort of the adam son the film that was pretty ropey it feels um, like we are going to agree at least on that because that was my worst one. Yeah, okay, that's good. <laughs> and he's made a few tough films over the years. I think I'm sure I've, I, I kind of made a little list of my favourite films because I didn't really oh, consider yeah. his worst ones. But yeah, that, that sticks out as a pretty a bit of a turkey anyway. Yeah, I mean, because he made loads of films before he, well, loads, he made quite a lot of films before he was well known, and I've not seen any of them. Um, but Anger Management, as I say, Adam Sandler, they made a TV series out of that with Charlie that one with Sheen. Charlie Sheen, yeah. I, didn't, yeah. I wasn't ever tempted to watch that. No. No, I, I, the, the the crazy world of TV and film. I I, in, I don't know who was in that room and said, "Hey, you know that you know that great film, Anger Management, yeah, and that credible actor, Charlie Sheen. Let's put those together." Yeah, it was a match made in heaven. It certainly was. I, I suspect it's no longer on our screens, but I could be wrong. It's on my screen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> screensaver. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, do you want to uh, do you want to go through some of the uh, some of your favourites then? Okay. Well, one thing. You may like, may not like, but um, it does. Uh, it's probably the only film I've actually ever seen which which um, involves some of your profession is uh, about oh, Schmidt. So yeah. I'm not sure if you can say if it accurately reflects what it's like to be an actuary. Well, he, he seems quite uh, quite bored. Well, he's a retired actuary. That's true. Isn't he? Maybe he's, because so he's retired. That, that must be it. As soon as the exciting <laughs> octane, high octane life of being an actuary <laughs> ends. Yeah, uh, I did enjoy that film. He had a bit of a kind of a renaissance, didn't he? It was yeah, that it, one and um, as good as it gets. And yeah, I I don't remember it. I, I saw it a while ago, and I don't remember masses about it. He was going to his daughter's wedding, wasn't he? Yeah, I think um, his his wife passes away um, shortly after he retires, and he's kind of uh, feeling a bit empty. So he goes on a road trip to try and reconnect with his daughter. He's kind of lost touch with, and then uh, discovers she's about to marry this guy who um, he disapproves of. Okay, and discovers all about himself or. Yeah, it's, it's quite a down, quite a downer. It's, it's quite a downbeat film. It's like a yeah. dark comedy. Not in the sense that anything really bad happens, but more is kind of quite miserable. Um, but, yeah, uh, if, you were, it's also if you look up quite funny. lists of famous actuaries or famous fictional actuaries, about Schmidt is basically the only only name on that list. Um, although uh, a friend told me the other day that um, there's a Batman villain called the Actuary. <laughs> really? Yeah, I think he he worked for the Penguin. Okay. He wasn't around yeah, for long. Um, but, uh, I, I'm not sure if many people actually know what an actuary is. It's not a job that that many people would kind of be immediately familiar with. 
No, it's cloaked in secrecy. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit like a magician. It's like the or, or a penguin. Yeah. Um, speaking of Batman, Chuck Nicholson was in Batman. He was. But where do you rate that Batman film? Was he, uh, is, it, is it in your um, the top of the pile or is it kind of middling? How, how do you see it? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say it's the best of those films. So there were four Batman films in the kind of 80s, 90s. Um, so Batman... Batman Returns, Batman and Robin, Batman Forever, uh, and the kind of the first two Tim Burton and then Joel Schumacher. So um, yeah, I'd say it's the best of those. The second one, Tim Burton really got let loose to go as really, really dark, kind of yeah, with with the Penguin and Catwoman and stuff. And I think he went. I mean, watching that now, I'm thinking this was a kids' film in whatever it is, mid '80s, or probably early '90s. Whatever. It, it it goes way off. But yeah, the first one, I think it, um, it looks a bit. A bit odd by today's standards because I don't think any most films watched in the 80s probably don't live up to the kind of the the, the budget of today or, or the effects or else. But uh, and I'd rank it below Batman Begins in the Dark Knight, but it was still very credible. I think it, it made Batman a lot more credible than it had been with kind of your Adam West and your your Biffs and your Powells and all that. Yeah, I guess it was very influential. It's quite a yeah departure yeah. at the time for a superhero film to be taken relatively seriously. It's not like today. Obviously, you've got a vast array of different yeah. superhero films. Um, back then, it was, it was quite unusual for one to be made. Um, so definitely, yeah. and, and getting someone like Jack Nicholson in that film was a big part of that. I mean, they paid him a phenomenal amount of money, but yeah, yeah, to, it's a bit like um, yeah, Gene Hackman or Marlon Brando back in the in the Superman in the seventies uh, to have yeah really credible big name actors and never playing the, the actual heroes. Like I don't, I don't know how big Michael Keaton was before. That film, I suspect, not not very well known. Yeah, I'm not sure. Was he more known for kind of comedy roles? I know he was in like films like yeah. Multiplicity, wasn't he? I don't know where else. Was he in Beef with Juice as well? That... He was. Yeah, I think that was afterwards. I could be wrong. He might um, be before. Possibly that's kind of where they first, where Tim Burton and uh, Michael Keaton oh, really? first kind of connected. Okay. I could be wrong. Well, one of us is definitely right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you say, but yes, you say, influential, very different today. But yeah, I think it's worth a watch. Um, apparently, Batman in in the comics is basically never kills anyone, or at least always tries not to, and hates guns and things. And uh, Batman in that film quite happily murdered loads of people. <laughs> but, uh, there you go. Yeah, I guess yeah, Tim Burton's relatively. He's a murderer. Dark. Yeah, well, well, not, not personally. But yeah. He's happy to sanction on-screen violence, should we say? Uh, okay. Uh, what else you got on your list? Okay. Um, so I've got a few good men. So yeah. I know you're a fan of Tom Cruise. I'm not a big Tom Cruise fan myself. But I do like that film. Um, I guess Jack Nicholson facing off with Tom Cruise in the courtroom. Some really good scenes there. They kind of play off each other really well. Yeah. Um, no, I, I I agree. I was really, really big, yeah, I'm a big fan of that film. It's the kind of role Tom Cruise doesn't do that much anymore. Like, I mean, I know he is the lead of it, but it's kind of it's slightly more of a an ensemble, and it's a very dramatic kind of role as opposed to. A, Action stunts and all that. Yeah, it's kind of a shame. You know, you can see he can be a really effective actor in the yeah. right role. I think he just perhaps he's tried to move towards a different type of film. It hasn't always worked for him. Yeah. Um, did you see the Mummy? Um, I, I avoided it. I didn't. Hear, I heard some negative things. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, in fact, uh, it, it recently won the the CDZ of Movies Award for being the worst film of the year. Okay. Uh, did you Did you watch it? Um, yeah, we did an episode on it actually. Um, wasn't, it wasn't it might have a significant downtrend in our in our listening numbers. Um, okay, so I think a guy from my school was in that film, in a very small oh, part, yeah. like Emergency Worker Two or something, and oh, posted nice. on Facebook. So I'm not sure. I've, I've never seen it. Maybe one day I'll check it. Out. I think it's his fault then. Yeah, he, he's to blame. He, he ruined the whole film. 
Yeah. I, I, I thought it was pretty bad. Zijan absolutely hated it. Um, but yeah, a um, few good men. I say written by Aaron Sorkin. That was he wrote the play, that, and then adapted it into the films. I think I'm not sure if it was his first screenplay. It might well have been because he was more of a playwright at that point. So uh, yeah, okay, so I didn't I'm, know it was Aaron Sorkin. I didn't um, yeah. TNT together. Okay, that was interesting. I'll have one, um, one flew the cuckoo's nest. Yep, the, uh, classic yeah. one of. I think one of only three or maybe four films to have uh, Oscars for film director, actor, and actress. Um, I think it was deserved. Well, but I don't really know what the, uh, the films were. It's nineteen seventy-five or so when it was made, but um, something like that. Really good yeah, performance. I have no idea what it's up against, but uh, yeah, yeah. Very quite slow paced by today's time. I, I watched yeah. it a few years ago, and I was amazed it was an eighteen. I think it would never be an eighteen if it was released now. Yeah, I guess there's some. Um, quite um traumatic things towards the end of the film especially um, yeah. the way it finishes yeah but yeah i probably wouldn't get the same rating if it was reviewed again these days no uh, it's probably i assume it was probably banned in various places uh, yeah i think it was it was quite a famous book wasn't it before they made a film mm. of it in the 60s um, i'm trying to think of the name yeah. of the author I, I can only think casey keller who was a former leicester goalkeeper yeah, ken, ken casey or ken kesey actually that's, ken that's, casey yeah that's it kind of right. a Favourite amongst hippies, I think that it's like a kind of a counterculture book of the 60s. Right. Yeah. And uh, a young um, Danny DeVito. That's right, yeah. yeah. And um, Christopher Lloyd, I think, isn't it? That's right, isn't it? And also the guy who played uh, Chucky in the uh, Child's Play films, isn't it? Wasn't Chucky a doll? Yeah, yeah he voiced, voiced Chucky, I think. All oh, right, okay. You'd be amazed to know, Dave, I've never seen the Child's no, Play no, films. No, no, I just really haven't. But, <laughs> <laughs> not missing much. But yeah, the guy who played Billy, the kind of young, nervous guy who... Uh, Oh, uh, yes, under his wing. That's the, I can't remember the, the actor's name, but that's the, that's the guy. Ah, okay. Uh, what's next? Yeah, what's next? Um, it's more than slightly less well-known. The Pledge. Have you seen The Pledge? No. It's worth yeah, worth watching. It's, it's fairly recent. It's about two. Well, I'm going to say fairly recent. It's about 2001 or so. So, yeah. about 15, 16 years ago now. So it's quite a long time. Okay, but um, it's about a detective who played by Jack Nicholson. He's recently retired, and he's made a, a pledge to a mother who's child was murdered trying to work out who did it um okay. so he, he becomes obsessed with the case and tries to solve it and goes a bit mad but it's it's a really good film it's well okay. done. Yeah. he does like playing characters who go mad yeah <laughs> yeah i, I guess brings us neatly yeah. onto <laughs> yeah now um you know dave that i'm not a fan of the shining i know that you are a fan of the shining i am yes. um, it, it could be because i don't like horror films <laughs> It could be because I don't like films where, for some reason, someone's dressed as a walrus. For um, I think you just have to go with it. You just have to kind of go accept the uh, the craziness of it all. Yeah, I refuse to accept the craziness of it. <laughs> uh, yes, but I guess I, I, I'm the one who's going. So, um, I, I mean, I, I would ask you your favorite John Nicholson film, but you've already said that your favorite film might well be Chinatown, which I guess answers that question. Yeah, uh, but the, the Shining's up there, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I've, I've always really liked that film. Um, it, it's a film. That, rewards repeat viewings there's lots of things hidden around the margins you don't see in the first time you see the film um, how sad that i will never know that yeah oh. there was a, a film about five years ago so a documentary called room 237 oh, yeah. which is about all these people have got these crazy theories about the shining and what it means and uh, i think some people have had this view that the uh, film is uh, a kind of confession by stanley kubrick that he faked the moon landings to yes, the that, that, yes that the boy had a apollo 13 or apollo 11 jumper on or something um, right. but, yeah. If I if I'd faked the moon landings and I wanted to confess it, I might tell people I faked the moon landings rather than getting someone to wear a jumper in a film. Yeah, well, he's uh, just sly wink to it. He's just yeah. like, mocking mocking the world, how he, thumbing his nose at how he got away with the crime. 
what next? Yeah. Was saying that 2001 Space Odyssey was faked. Yeah, that was all real. Yeah. And then there was another uh, theory, I think, that um, there's, there's quite a few shots of uh, cans of this food of a kind of Native American guy in a headdress on, and, and people were saying it's kind of a blatant uh, allegory about uh, the, the way that Native Americans were, were kind of taken off their land by the, oh, yeah. the settlers. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure uh, that's got any... I think I made the that. mistake of watching the Simpsons parody of The Shining before I actually watched The Shining. Yeah, well, that's basically a good three minutes. So. Yeah, that's a good synopsis. Because yeah. you know that bloke who uh, who who can hear what Oswaldo Danny is saying and flies across the country to save them. Oh yeah, and then basically walks in and immediately gets killed. It's called Scatman Carruthers, isn't it? I can't remember what the guy's called now. I, I couldn't uh, I couldn't see him without thinking of Groundskeeper Willie, yeah. who, <laughs> yeah. who played that role. In they the kind Simpsons. of spoiled that part for you slightly. Yeah. Uh, but there's um Stephen King wrote a sequel a couple of years ago, didn't he? Yeah, I, uh, I never read it. Um, Doctor Sleep, it was called, I think, in which the boy Danny's grown up and he's uh, kind of still able to sort of commune with the other side and see oh, ghosts yeah. and things. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure. I wanted to kind of spoil the ending again. The way it finishes quite, for me, it was quite a good ending. I don't want to want to ruin it. Well, actually, I think if I remember, there, there was two different endings to the film: original American version, had like 20 minutes of extra footage that the oh, British really? cut didn't have. I thought it was a terrible ending. But there yeah, you well, maybe you should watch the American one. It might change your mind. Well, I'll, I'll, give that, I'll give that a try. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing I've noticed that you might not have noticed. Uh, red rum is murder backwards. Did you, I don't think that's did right. you spot that? I'm pretty sure it's not correct. I'll check that out and I'll come okay. back to you. Um, uh, what else have I got here? Um, I, I, I've only actually watched nine Jack Nixon films. We've covered most of them now. Um, yeah. I did watch As Good As It Gets and I wasn't that impressed. Yeah, uh, no, it's kind of a bit... So safe, it's quite funny. I don't know, I can't remember much. I saw it a long time ago, but I thought it was quite yeah. good at the time, but I don't remember much about it. Although it's got the, is that the one with the, um, you make me want to be a better man? I thought it was a good line. Possibly, yeah. It won an Oscar or two, didn't it? It did, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Departed? Yeah, that's might, a good film. We might we'll talk about that in the one. list of films again with Veteran D. Yep, that's a good one. I thought he was phenomenal, actually. I, I can't believe he was, because then Mark Wahlberg was Oscar nominated for that film. Which is strange. Then, I, th- I thought Mark Wahlberg was the worst thing about it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know whether it's one of these things like, wow, he's a rapper, but he, he can act. Let's give him an Oscar. Yeah. Or not really. um, he was the highest paid actor in the world last year, I think. Was he? Oh, oh, I don't know. I mean, he's got something. I wouldn't say he's a great actor. He's No, I mean, he's, 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 he's fine. He's got a screen presence, I suppose. He's, he's quite... I don't know um, whether you're following the news about the film All the Money in the World. Yeah, uh, no, I've, I've, I've quite interested in that film. I haven't seen it. I'll possibly hmm. go and see it at some point, but... I know so they had to reshoot. Was it that he kind of got paid a bonus for doing his reshoots, and some of the other actors in the film didn't get paid anything for, for doing reshoots? Basically, yeah. Everyone, I think Michelle Williams and and um, and really Scott and presumably other cast, were only got paid kind of like the minimum rate, like eighty dollars a day, and uh, he negotiated one and a half million dollars. So uh, he's obviously got a good agent. Yeah, <laughs> but he's getting getting a lot of stick for that. So I I wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if he uh, decides to donate donate that somewhere to take some of the heat off. Yeah, it's very charitable. Uh, any more? I've got a few of them. Some of these films I've, I've written out, I can't remember much about them. There's a film called Five Easy Pieces, which uh, oh, yeah. I, I, I saw it a while ago. It involves oil drilling. Okay. A guy playing the piano, I think. I can't remember. It was <laughs> a very sketchy memory of it. I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm picturing that film. It seems <laughs> yeah. great. It's, uh... Yeah, for that description, I think you should go and watch it. Yeah. Um, Easy Rider. Have you seen Easy Rider? I haven't actually. No. Uh, I don't know. I, I didn't love it. It's kind of a classic sixties film. Hmm. Um, 
Has he got a big role in it? Or? Yeah, he's one of the main characters. He's one of the. Okay. I think there's like three guys, two, three guys go around motorbikes and kind of find themselves. I think he's like a lawyer in it. He's was that his of, kind of big break? Or? Yeah, I think so. He, him okay. and um, this guy called Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper, yeah. I knew Dennis Hopper was the. Uh... Yeah, I think Jack Nicholson's is quite, like a kind of bustin' down lawyer. He decides to kind of free the shackles of his day to day grind and goes discovering himself across America and. Yeah. What's the longest things? that Jack Nicholson has been buttoned down in a film for? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> he must, he must sure. throw off the shackles about 10 minutes in. And be... Yeah, he's, I thought he's about Schmidt, he's fairly buttoned down most of the time. Well, for, for an actor, he's <laughs> pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's true. it's true. I think that might be it for my list. Cool. The, the only one I've got is um, the bucket list, which uh, was probably more interesting for the kind of suddenly causing a, a sudden list of everyone decided to make their bucket list. So the film itself <laughs> is fairly nondescript, but it, it spawned a. I don't know whether it, I don't think it invented the phrase bucket list, but I'd never heard of it before and it popularized it. It seems to be quite a few films about these days of kind of older people kind of fulfilling their dreams after they've retired or doing a bank mm. robbery or something crazy. A few kind of films with like actors like Bruce Willis and Morgan Freeman kind of teaming up to yeah, yeah. get a bit crazy. Oh, if Bruce Willis won't like it, won't like you coupling him with Morgan Freeman. That's <laughs> about 20 years, Peter. That's true. I'm sorry, Bruce. Well, shall we shall we move on? We move on to uh, our, our main segment, uh, the top ten films beginning with D. Um, listeners may remember we did a top ten films beginning with C in, in honor of the fact we're the C to Z. And and Dave, since your name begins with the letter D, okay. I'm working the way through the alphabet. Okay, so I'm starting with uh, number ten, uh, Despicable Me Three. I'm going for. Okay. Have you seen any of the three? Um, uh, this is kind of I've watched this one with Olivia, and she she really likes. It. I really like it. It's um. I'm not sure if you, if you know the series. Um, I, I know of it. Yeah, it's, um, it's about a kind of it's a, a, a cartoon comedy about a, a villain, and you've got lots of little yellow minions who help him out. Um, bastard uh, minions. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure if it, the third one's the best one. I, I was trying to choose one of the three on my list, but I thought oh, okay. it's got quite a funny villain. He's kind of this '80s. Uh, he, he's called Benjamin Bratt or Balthazar Bratt. Sorry, Benjamin Bratt's oh, right. actor, isn't he? Uh, Balthazar Bratt. He's a kind of former child star. He's Show was cancelled in which he played a, a villain on TV and it decided to become a villain in real life. And lots of funny 80s references in there. But it, okay. uh, yeah, this is quite funny. I'm, I, I should explain how this is going to work. So um, we're, we're going to go our top 10 each and we're going to alternate. Um, we, there's, there's a, I've got a spreadsheet that I'm manically typing in. So if you can hear typing sounds, that's what's going on. Um, so you've just awarded one point to Dave, just going me three. And yep. we'll award points one to 10 ourselves. Um, I also threw the question out to uh, various people on, on the, the social media. Um, and indeed, 21 people responded with a total of 33 films. Okay. So we're not going to be able to talk about all of them. I'll, I'll rattle through those. Um, because, Dave, you and I are much more important than anyone else. Um, we get all these points to give. They only get one point per, per recommendation. That seems fair. That seems very reasonable. Even Zijan, who, who sent in a few recommendations, he's not on the podcast, so he only gets one point per thing. Unless he was to kind of uh, contribute a later date and uh, he could increase his <laughs> points potential. Uh, so my tenth film is um, is Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Okay. Um, which to me, I saw on Netflix. I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but um, I I really wasn't expecting to enjoy it because I'm not a massive Steve Martin fan, to be honest. But I thought I'd give it a whirl, and uh, yeah, I found it very amusing. Um, it's it's the only one on my list that I don't have on DVD. I did, in fact I only thought of it this this afternoon. I thought, oh yeah, that's good. But it's um yes, yeah, basically con men uh, and the, uh, trying to teach. Well, I think Michael Caine is trying to teach Steve Martin to to be a believable kind of suave con man and it has all the kind of twists and turns you might expect I mean, to be honest some of them you can see coming a mile off but it's still good fun okay i haven't seen it it's a film i probably quite enjoy but i haven't actually ever got around to watching it yeah i'd, I'd say it's um 
my favourite Steve Martin film. I haven't thought about that too hard, if I'm going to say that. Yeah, it's not an actor I love, but it's in a few things I've enjoyed. I guess Bowfinger was quite good. Um, yeah, that was alright, yeah, yeah. Um, what have you got at number nine? Okay, sorry, number nine, um, uh, off topic. Number nine, The Departed, so um, we discussed this already. Oh. Uh, the Departed, excellent. Um, yeah, we the... already talked about it, but yeah, it's a really kind of engrossing crime drama. Um, got really good cast. Uh, Jack Lucas great in it, um, so is uh, Matt Damon and uh, yeah. DiCaprio. Um, and yeah, Martin Sheen. It's a, and indeed, um, Martin Scorsese's uh, first director Oscar, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it's his best film, but um, he definitely deserves an Oscar for his kind of his body of work over the years. Yeah, it did feel a bit like a like the Academy thing. Really, we haven't given him an Oscar before. Oh, yeah, there uh, you go. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, definitely deserved. Cool. Um, my ninth one, uh, appropriate enough, is uh, District Nine. Oh yeah, which uh, based in Sitifuka. It's uh, basically uh, there's a st- story I can't remember what they're called now. Some various um, alien type mach- they call them shrimps, don't they? But I'm not sure there's a yeah or prawns. Or prawns, that's it. Thank you. Uh, Chante Copley. It's uh, basically a, a fairly thinly veiled apartheid allegory. These kind of these alien creatures living separately from, from humans. And I think the background is there's some sort of documentaries was happening, isn't there? But um, yeah, no, it's, it's relatively low budget, and it was uh, Neil Blomkamp's. I don't know if it was his first film or first film anyone watched. Uh, yes, it was recommended to me by a, by a South African I work with, uh, who then turned out he'd never seen it, but he just wanted to recommend a South African film. <laughs> That's uh, a good one. It's a good film. Though. It is. I've forgotten about Check that. Because uh, Neil Blomkamp, he's done. He's, he's stayed mostly sci-fi, isn't he? he did um, Chappie or something. Chappie, yes. And uh, did he do? He was going to do an alien film, but I'm not did sure he ever did. Was that him or that someone else? I don't know. Uh, confused. Who knows? Did he? Was he? Did he do Prometheus? Uh, that was Ridley Scott, wasn't it? Was it Ridley Scott? What, was he going to do it and then Ridley Scott muscled in? I don't know. There was, don't there was know, some talk of him doing a, an alien franchise film. Yeah, I'm point. not sure Ridley Scott directed Prometheus. I'm not sure. There's another one, wasn't there, recently? I'm not sure if that was the name he directed that. Alien Covenant. I, I think that was Ridley Scott, but who knows? Probably all the listeners know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, what have you got for number eight? Number eight, I've got Double Indemnity. Okay. Um, I know what it is as a legal concept. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because it's, it's insurance related, so it should be right over your street. <laughs> it's all about a really fascinating insurance policy. Yes. Um, no, it, it's a kind of it's a film noir set in. It's, it's, a, it's a film from the forties or early fifties, but you know, again, really, really gripping. It's kind of a kind of moral tale about a guy who gets kind of uh, corrupted and uh, he gets involved in a plot to kind of do away with this uh, lady's husband for insurance okay. money, and he's investigated by this uh, insurance. Uh, investigator played by Edward G. Robinson, who's a kind of inspiration for Chief Wiggum. So, oh. but amusing watching him, um, just because he kind of does sound quite a lot like Chief Wiggum. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's really really well done. Um, if you enjoy those kind of uh, hard boiled detective stories, it's, it's definitely one to watch. Have you ever seen uh, Glenn Gary Glenn Ross? Yeah, I love that film. Yeah, that's, that's a great film. But um, yeah. the fact that uh, Old Gill from The Simpsons is based <laughs> off, yeah, he's, he's like Jack Lemmon's character, isn't he? Yeah, guys called now. So that was that was great fun. Uh, yeah, no, that was really good. Actually, that film. Um, cool. Uh, coming in uh, for me is is a is the film Dodgeball. Okay. Um, yeah. Which I'm not a huge fan of that kind of frat pack genre, but I saw that one at uni and, and really enjoyed it. I think it's it's got a bit more going for it than a lot of them. Um, ben Stiller turning up to eleven. Yeah. And, <laughs> it's and, very uh, subtle yeah. performance, but yeah, it's, it's very funny, isn't it? I like. Um... It is. It's been much copied. So the kind of there's a whole there's a spate of things today. Kind of. Um, 
there's a kind of a table was it balls of fury or something a table tennis version of it and then there's a yeah, skating the, version and a motor racing version i enjoyed the, the skating uh, one yeah called blades of fury blades, blades of glory, glory. glory. talladega Tal- yeah. knights in fairness i've not seen any of those films but they all seem to be kind of dodgeball equivalents but i've, with I've seen the other one. i haven't seen the, the ping pong one but i've seen the other yeah, yeah i think uh, blades of glory is really good uh, talladega knights okay. is okay but uh yes i think look, plenty of uh Recur- well, plenty of good jokes. It's got the it's got Alan Tudyk as Steve the Pirate. It's got a great cameo from Lance Armstrong that's become less <laughs> great over time. Um, but uh, yeah, he's never back when you're like Lance Armstrong, it's hilarious. It's more yeah. Cool. What have you got for where are we are? Seven. Is seven. It? Yeah, number seven. I've got the Dead Zone. The, the yeah. Dead Zone. Yeah. I don't know that one. It's yeah. It's because uh, it's early eighties and it's starring Christopher Walken. Oh, uh, yeah. It's an adaptation of a Stephen King story. It's, it's not a horror film. It's like more kind of a thriller about a guy who can. He's got psychic abilities. He's able to sort of see when people are going to die, and he tries to sort of stop it. So he, he firstly he, he captures a killer, he's terrorizing this, this small town in yeah. Maine, as all Stephen King stories are set. Yeah. <laughs> and then the second part is actually quite relevant for today because it's about a kind of crazy American. Uh, he's a guy running for president, and uh, okay. he sees the future it involves nuclear war, and he decides has to make a decision of whether he wants to kind of intervene in history and then get rid of this guy or whatever. He, oh, yeah. So let's it go. Okay. Uh, anyone, uh, anyone I know in it? Oh, Christopher Walken. I can't remember. I think Martin oh, Sheen. Martin Sheen plays the, the Donald Trump type guy who's okay. running for president, and it's yeah, Christopher Walken's the psychic investigating the murders and things. Uh, and for me, uh, number seven is uh, Driving Miss Daisy. So we talked a bit about Morgan Freeman earlier. Yeah, uh, it was kind of his his big break, but he was already, I think, maybe in his fifties or at least forties by then. Um, and so he he plays the driver of of, uh, of Miss Daisy, uh, and yeah, I, I saw it the first time last year, and uh, it's a very kind of heartwarming tale. It's, it's set over a phenomenal length of time, um, so he's I can't remember the exact period, but he, he's supposed to starting off kind of about the age he was, maybe a bit younger, and he's playing it right through to probably the age he is now. Um, avoid it doesn't go too heavy handed on the. Uh, uh, on the, the messages that kind of it's not trying to hammer home too much social commentary or anything, but yeah, the relationship between him and the reason I'm stalling because I'm trying to remember the name of the woman who Jessica Tandy. That's the one, and she, she got the Oscar for it, I believe. Um, yeah, I've never seen it. I've, I've, it's the one I probably should should watch it. It's quite well been well reviewed and everything. Um, yeah, I mean, for some reason I, I I kind of thought it was a really kind of really uh, big on kind of themes of racism and stuff, and obviously it, it covers that, but it's not kind of principally about that. It's just kind of a Subplot, as it were. Okay. Well, what have you got at number six? Number six, I've got Die Hard. Die Hard, the first one. I've heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's just a great action film. I mean, I don't watch that many action films these days, but that was uh, one I really enjoyed when I was a bit younger, and it's uh, Bruce Willis is terrific in it. It can be a bit lazy sometimes, I think, when he's kind of just casting oh, for a film. Fred's really lazy, yeah. But um, yeah. when he's kind of engaged, or he kind of, he's a really kind of effective uh, performer, and... Um, yeah, it's just really exciting. Alan Rickman's great as the baddie. Yeah. It had, had the benefit that he, Bruce Willis was kind of playing a regular guy. I mean, he's obviously a police officer, but he wasn't kind of action hero shooting six people with his eyes closed kind of thing. Yeah, no, he kind of felt there was some jeopardy to him. He, he was kind of just a, he wasn't some sort of superhero. He actually had, he was injured. He kind of crawling around in a lot of pain, but sort of carried on. Yeah. Because you know. I've seen all the Die Hard films apart from the most recent one. And, uh, but yeah, even by towards the end, kind of, well, particularly apparently the most recent one, he's kind of you know, leaping helicopters and motorbikes and all this kind of nonsense. Um, yeah, he's getting older and from... less physically fit, but still so have to do more extravagant stunts and things. I think 
Yeah, yeah. I, but the series kind of gradually went downhill for me. Maybe the third's better than the second, but I enjoyed all the first three. But after that, it was I saw the fourth one. It really put me off. I didn't want to watch the other. I think one of my favourite part of the third one was where um, Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson just stop in the park because they've got to work out that classic. Uh, you've got like a three to jog and a five to jog. How do you measure up four leaders? <laughs> well, and it's like this is a great. It's an action film where they've just stopped to do a maths puzzle. I'm all for it. <laughs> yeah, small films like that. Maths based. Uh... There's not enough maths-based films. No. Uh, there's a few. There's a few maths. There are films. a few. We did, um, in fact, we did a maths in film episode uh, uh, last year with my friend Anthony, who's a maths teacher. Okay. Um, yeah, there's, there's people more than other subjects. Not many, I don't know, um, geology films or anything like that. Uh, no, unless you count uh, Armageddon. No, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Well, you can start the campaign for more <laughs> geology films. Um, okay. Good luck to you. Uh, well, you're, I mean, you're a lawyer. Half half the films that get made are about lawyers. You got got it made um coming in for me uh is the damned united which uh stars uh, michael sheen as brian clough uh, the manager of leeds united at the time obviously derby county and, and nottingham forest more famously um based on a great book by david pierce which i think you've read as well dave yeah i've read the book it's, yeah, it's a yeah. good book yeah so it's a fascinating talent he was, he was only a leeds manager for a really brief period of time and kind of made a really bad impression by telling the players that they were yeah, they hadn't deserved their medals and they're gonna win it properly now and all this. And um but it's yeah, it's a fascinating book kind of with kind of internal monologues and fighting against himself and kind of all the relationships with, with former friends and people at the club. Um but yeah, very well played. Uh, it was Michael Sheen for a while pl- kept playing real people. So he played David Frost and Frost Nixon, he played Tony Blair and the Queen and uh, Brian Clough and this. Um but he does a great job. I think it, I don't think it reaches the heights of the of the book, but uh I like what they did. I thought it was uh, yeah, it's, it's one of the few good football films. There's very few films about football that are <coughs> worth watching, I think. I mean, most of the times I've adapted a book into a film about football, like Fever Pitch, that wasn't a particularly good film. I really um, like that film, but fair enough. Okay, yeah. so, but, I mean, there's those goal films. But, I mean, there's, yeah. There's that film, When Saturday Comes, with Sean Bean, which is, which is not a good film. I've not seen that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think because I think it, it works because it's not really about football. I mean, it's, it's about Brian Clough and his... How he operates, as opposed to look at that goal, or, or else. So, uh, yeah. Have you seen She's the Man, Dave? Um, no, I haven't seen that one. Uh, it's a brilliant retelling of Twelfth Night, set as a in a American college football team. That that would change your mind about films about football. <laughs> okay, I'll look out for it. Uh, there's another one, then Kicking and Screaming of Will Ferrell as a kind of uh, children's <laughs> football coach in America. It sounds very very it's good. Really good. Yeah. I was just thinking today. You don't you don't see many Vinnie Jones films these days. <laughs> it's a shame he's got a lot of range as an actor so he should be he does give him more for example work. in She's the Man he played a gruff football coach <laughs> yeah he, he played a gruff gangster he's played a gruff bodyguard gruff <laughs> yes. bank robber and he's... I hear he's playing the gruffalo yeah he's next to... he'd be very good as a gruffalo um, okay we're into the top five what comes in at number five for you number five for me I've got dry, uh, Drive the uh, drive. Ryan Gosling film yes I know of it yeah have you, have you seen it but... I have seen it, I guess. Yeah, I think this is extremely stylish film. Um, just the use of the colours and everything. It just um, it's quite a sort of a strained performance from Rogers. He doesn't say very much in it, but he's quite kind of brooding and uh, menacing. Um, uh, why does he drive? He does drive pretty well, pretty fast. Um, yeah, but it's, yeah. I think I really liked. Um, I liked, I liked him in it. I really liked uh, Brian Cranston. He's like his kind of mentor, I think, in it. Um, hmm. And Oscar Isaac's in it too. Uh, oh, I forgot that. Yeah, yeah it's a good cast, a really good film. Kerry Mulligan. Yes. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. 
yeah, I, I, I have seen. I, I, to be honest, I wasn't. Blown. I thought the first half I was very intriguing, and it became a bit too actiony for my taste. But uh, I know a lot of people rank it very highly. Have you ever seen Driver? No, is that? Um... But is it was it like a seventies film they remade it or something? I've, I've not seen either of the films. Yeah, but. I didn't. I didn't know they made it, remade it. But um, I'm trying to think. Is it uh, Wilfred something? William something. Anyway, um, I, I know uh, Edgar Wright is a big fan, and when, when he made Baby Driver, he was thinking about that film a bit. So. Okay, no, I've not seen it. No, it's it's like Drive, but more so because it's Driver. Yeah. Drive Drive Est. I'm looking forward to. Um, coming in. Drive form, Angry. <laughs> yes. Three D. That's um. Weirdly, didn't make my top ten. <laughs> um, number five for me is uh, the Descendants. Oh yeah, is that the Alexander Payne film? That's the one. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Good. yeah. Uh, so uh, George Clooney, his wife, gets basically in a coma from a speedboat accident, and he's got to look after the two daughters. Um, one of whom played by Shailene Woodley. You know, I think possibly the first kind of big film she did. I could be wrong, but certainly the first time I'd seen her in anything. Um, and she's she's phenomenal in that film. Isn't it? Um, as was as was George Clooney. I, I, yeah, I've not, not really been a massive fan of Alexander Payne films. I, think, I know they've been very popular, things like Sideways and, and Election. And, uh, I haven't loved them, but um, yeah, I really enjoyed them. I thought they were really great performances all around, great script. It was all, went a little bit odd in terms of it was all about inheriting land in Hawaii or something. But uh, yeah, he's yeah. got another one out, coming out uh, imminently in this country called uh, Downsizing, which oh yeah, not too late to make this list. People but, uh, kind of looks uh, intriguing. shrinking into the. Going getting more out of life by becoming really small, so they can they don't need to spend much money on food and stuff and get yeah. more space effectively from it's very little. It's an odd idea, but hey, it might work. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a bit like a film. Um, I'm sure you've seen the Charlie Cochran film. Like kind of idea he might have for a film. Oh yes, it does. She doesn't it. Yeah. Uh, what's uh, what comes in at number yeah, four number for you? Four. I've got uh, Dark City. Dark City. Yeah, it's a. Film, the nineties film, but kind of it's a combination of a sort of sci-fi and a film noir. Kiefer Sutherland in it is, is the, the the bad guy. Um, it's a it's a, it starts off you don't really appreciate the sci-fi aspect of it. The guy kind of wakes up in a mysterious hotel room, doesn't know where he is. There's a dead person next to him. He's trying to mm-hmm. find out what's going on. He panics and escapes, and it's kind of a city that's perpetually dark. It's like a kind of fifties kind of uh, LA type place, but um. He starts to realize some strange things about it. He seems to be able to escape the city whichever way he goes, and it's just about him kind of trying to work out what's what's going on really. And then, okay. uh, oh, that's intriguing. Yeah, it, and, and I don't want to give too much away because it kind of spoils a lot of it. But there's a kind of a, it, it's not a sort of straightforward place. It's, it's, it's some okay. mm-hmm. uh, kind of sci-fi aspects happening behind the scenes. Intriguing. I'll check that out. Yeah, it's good. Well, next for me is, is the Departed. So we've already talked about it. Okay, so yep. it's it's back to you again. Okay, uh, number. F- Re, um, I've got The Dark Knight. Excellent. So, yeah, we talked about Batman, obviously, before. Um, this is probably my favourite of the Batman series. Um, probably my favourite superhero film ever, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed that one. I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to fault it as, as, a, as, a, as a superhero film. Um, I'm not as keen on the Marvel Cinematic Universe as, as perhaps you and ZJ now. I, I like yeah. the film, but I, I preferred the Batman series that Christopher Nolan did, and it's probably the best of the three. Um, it's got the most memorable antagonists uh, in, in the Jacob. Yeah, no, Heath Ledger was phenomenal. I, I'm not, I think quite comfortably the best superhero villain in any film. I, I don't think anyone can, can top that. I remember I was quite sceptical when I heard that he was getting the part, because um, I think I sort of saw him in, in, in previous scenes in quite a few kind of teen films, like um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ten Things I Hate About You and A Knight's Tale, I think it was... 
and I didn't really rate him that highly, but yeah, having seen that film, it really blew me away, so I was quite obviously devastated when he, he, he yeah. passed away. I'm torn because I, I think I really like Batman Begins, so I, I'm not quite sure which of those two I'd prefer. But um, in fact, it was one of those things that I think was built up so much that when I saw it, I was a little bit disappointed. There's any rewatching, I think, actually, no, this is fantastic. Um, what, yeah, I guess I didn't Batman. have, I didn't see the reviews before, so I saw it quite early. Oh, okay. It came out, I thought I was in the, the weekend it came out, and I was expecting it to be really good because I really like Batman Begins, but then, yeah, it was, it was even better than I expected. Yeah, um, fair play to Christian Nolan. I think, yeah, I mean, Dark Knight Rises I thought was good, but didn't didn't live up to that. Yeah, I agree. Level. It kind of it seemed a bit overlong. Yeah, I I the, quite a few of Chris Nolan's films recently, I feel, have been, he could have done with a, a bit more reining in. So I, I must admit, I, I didn't like um, uh, Interstellar. I've seen that. I, I do want to see it. Yeah, was, it, was your opinion it's too long or? Um, I think it, it was too long, but I think the, the, the thing for me was it, it kind of all this marketing was oh this is the the, the most scientifically accurate, so really kind of well researched film ever, and then and then it just gets into absolute nonsense uh, sci-fi at the end that doesn't yeah has no backing whatsoever. I think well that, that's fine, but if, don't, don't pretend it's going to be this really uh, accurate thing if you're they're going to mess around. So uh, it, it felt a bit like hubris to me. He kind of had massive massive budget and great cast. Yeah, he kind of uh, went to his head. Well, I know some people love it, so maybe you'll maybe I'll go that way. Um, and I wasn't a huge fan of Dunkirk, which, uh, um, which came out last year. I know this again did very well, but it just almost almost comically uninterested in any of the characters. It was all about spectacle, and I guess that's not really my priority. Uh, yeah, again, it's not one I've seen, but I would like to see it. Um, I'll have to let you know once I've had a chance to see that one. Fair enough. Um, my third place film is named after you. It's the film Dave. <laughs> right. Um, okay. With Kevin Klein, is it? Is that um, that's the one? Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I could be misremembering, but I really enjoyed this film. It's um, basically this this guy who happens to look at, identical to the president of America uh, gets mistaken for the president of America. Turns out that he is a a good chap and therefore a good president. Um, the first lady likes him as well, uh, and he discovers that. Frank Langella, I think it is, is a uh, is a baddie. Uh, yes, it's 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 a comedy. It's a it's a comedy about someone who appears to be entirely unsuited to the U.S. presidency um, becoming the president. Who could imagine? <laughs> uh, Topical. Uh, yes, there you go. That's some political satire yeah. right there. Seaton doesn't let me do political satire, so when he's away, <laughs> I cut loose. Uh, so there you go. It's quite scathing. Though. I think you might, you might have to watch out. It's probably censored by the. Uh... US State <laughs> Department. Oh, they're probably on our side. <laughs> anyway, good fun. Uh, positively, if I watch it again, I, I will believe. I will realise it's not as good as I remember. But what, what are you going to do? I'll put this list together pretty quickly. It's coming in at number three. Uh, what, what have you got at number okay. two? Though? Number two, I've got Dazed and Confused. Oh, I've never seen that. It's it's really good. It's um yeah Richard Linklater film. Um, it's a film where not very much happens. Just about some friends hanging out together and during it's. it's Set during one night, sort of the last day of school, followed by the night afterwards. And okay. just kind of driving around Texas and just talking, doing stuff, playing pranks. Like, you know, um, it, it just feels very realistic. It feels like you get quite engaged with these characters, even though they don't spend that much time with them. And it kind of flicks around between different people. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of Richard Lewis. I, the, um, the Before trilogy. Yeah. I think probably diminishing returns, but certainly the first one is excellent. And, and there's good bits in the others. And, um, yeah, Boyhood, although too long, was was a was a fantastic achievement on this film. Yeah, for 12 it's, it's years. kind of like Boyhood in in a, in a sense. It's kind of just about just regular people in a small town in Texas, just hmm. know, rather than going through 
time it's sort of set in a particular time point, but it just kind of just hang, hangs out with them for an hour and a half, I say. And okay. it doesn't sound that exciting, but it just really works. Yeah, I had it on my Netflix Netflix list and then uh, got removed from Netflix. So, uh, ah, okay. Well, maybe it'll come back. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep waiting. Or I can pay like <laughs> two quid or something to get on uh, yeah. Amazon. Um, silver medal for me goes to The Dark Knight, in fact. Okay. So, right. um, so I'm going to bounce it back to you for the number one spot. Um, the number one on my list is Delicatessen. I have never even heard of that film. Okay, it's um, it's a French film. It's not that dissimilar from Dark City. It's like a dystopian... Dave, you're so classy. <laughs> I, I, I'm not trying to... You know, it's, it's a really um, easy film to watch. It's not okay. particularly pretentious or anything. It's just um, it's set in the future um, where the world's kind of gone a bit awry. The main character is this clown. He goes to work in this block of flats and kind of he's working to kind of be paid in food because there's like no currency anymore. And there's okay. lots of eccentric people living in this block of flats and uh, he uh, doesn't realise but that the reason why they're all surviving in the, in the flats and everyone else around is dying is because the person in his role is kind of uh, used to be eaten by everyone else and there's like a butcher on the ground floor he runs right. the block of flats and he, he's intending to, to eat him but uh, the other people warm to this clown and, and kind of try to protect him. I'm not sure if I've described it very well but yeah, that, that's, that's basically <laughs> the possible. I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a really visually amazing, striking film. That's why the guy who directed Amelie um, so it's oh, yeah. an earlier film from here a bit darker than Amelie but Really yeah. beautiful. Um, it's very dark and sort of, sort of dark and green colours. But um, yeah, it, I think we, we I first saw it when I was at school. They took us to in the sixth form. They took all the sixth form to see a film once a year at local yeah. cinema, and they put that one on for us. And well, I wasn't expecting much, but we liked it. My number one spot's very similar film. Um, it, it, it's not. Uh, it's a film I've made you watch at one point, Dave. I think you were unimpressed. Um, okay, which one is it? It's the Michael J. Fox classic, Doc Hollywood. Oh, I don't mind that. It's okay. I'm not sure. Yep. I'm going to let you talk about it if it wasn't. Yeah. Um, so I, probably not as much as I once did, but I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of Michael J. Fox. I, I recommend, in passing, his uh, autobiography, Lucky Man, uh, which is a full of great anecdotes, but also a kind of very... Um, uh, empathetic tale of how of he discovered he had Parkinson's and, and, and dealing with that. But um, this is before that he uh, he plays a a surgeon who's on his way to I think probably southern New York, LA. I can remember um, to earn lots of money in cosmetic surgery. He he crashes his car into a small town in small town America, falls in love with the place, and learns the error of his ways. Uh, spoilers. Um, but I, I think outside of the Back to the Future films, I think this is his. Uh, one of his best performances um kind of it, it's very disney i think it's disney it might not be but it's kind of quite cheesy feel good 80s stuff but um but no one does it better in my view so uh, i enjoyed it a great deal it's also um if you've ever seen the film cars which i haven't yeah i've seen cars apparently cars has basically the same plot line um, i didn't um, pick up on that when i saw cars um i had to watch it again and yeah i'm not sure if my Memory of Doc Hollywood strong enough to kind of uh, link it to other films. I, I think I saw it with you and Steve in the flat where we used to That's right. live together. Yeah. I, I thought it was pretty good. I'm not sure it was my favourite film because of D. Obviously, is in my list, but to, I did quite enjoy it. Yeah, I've got to say, um, I found I don't know what this says about the, the, the about me or the or the or the, the film industry, but when we did the top ten C list, I had a lot harder time and and, and think better films to choose from. I, I did the D list. I was uh, I, I was scrimping a bit. It gets worse and worse for the alphabet. Z list is very tricky. Z list is actually the Z list might be tricky. Uh, only today I bought um, I bought Zootopia on DVD for a pound. That's a really good film. Yeah, that's really, that's excellent. It's one of the best uh, children's films I've seen for ages. 
Right, we are going to uh, zip through. Uh, the We had lots of um, recommendations from, from people on Facebook, um, partly because I didn't tell them it was the podcast. I just said, what do you recommend for the letter D? Um, I will zip through them, but every now and again I might stop to, to see if you know it, because some of them I don't. Um, so David Sherritt has recommended uh, Donnie Darko, which yep. I... He's good. I've never seen the director's cut, which apparently is better. Andrew Collins, your friend, my friend, um, recommends uh, The Departed, which we talked about. Uh, Death Proof, Tarantino film, uh, Die Hard, and Days of Thunder, which yeah, uh, I I love Tom Cruise as, as we've discussed, but I don't think Days of Thunder is his best. No, it's not my favourite of his. It's not bad. It's a bit like Top Gun, it's, isn't it? But not quite as good. Basically, yes, yeah, Top Gun, but driving. Um, I think it might be where he met Nicole Kidman. Yeah. James Scott has recommended Death Race, which I believe is a remake of Death Race 2000, starring Jason Statham. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. No. Well, luckily for you, um, the third sequel is coming out this year, so you can catch, catch up. Death Race. Yeah, and get ready for it. Uh, Ruth Meacher has recommended Dirty Dancing, um, which I saw for the first time a couple of years ago. What was your impression? They, they dance in their underwear a great deal. I'm, I'm not a dancer. But they I practice. Feel is that, is, that, is that helpful? Maybe it is. Uh, Becca Clarice, he went for Despicable Me, uh, the first one. Um, Zizan Chong, you might have heard of him. Yeah. He went for uh, The Dark Knight, The Departed. Death Becomes Her. Yeah, I saw that a long time ago. It was, it was fairly good. Yeah. Bruce Willis and Mel Schreiber, I've not seen that one. Uh, Dead Poet Society, which I almost put on. but um, That's good. Quite inspiring. Yeah. My Captain, My Captain. Yeah. Uh, District 9, uh, The Devil Wears Prada, which... Uh, uh, yeah, it's good fun. It's, it's excellent performance from Mel Strip. Got, got her an Oscar. Uh, and a film called Drunken Master, which is a 1978 Jackie Chan film. I've heard of it. I've, I've not seen it. Yeah, I, I, he, he gave it the old little smiley face emoji, so I don't know whether he was really recommending it or not. <laughs> um, uh, Jasmine Malin has gone for Devil's Advocate, the Al Pacino yep. film, I guess. Not over the top, but um, yeah, it's, it's quite enjoyable. Uh, Nick Bailey has gone for Down by Law. It's a 1986 black and white film starring Tom Waits and Roberto Benigni about three guys escaping prison. He, he, uh, I've not checked that one out, but uh, sounds intriguing. I didn't know Tom Waits acted. Uh, Kev Nichols has gone for Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Um, he has kids. That might be where that's coming from. Yeah. Uh, Darren Redfern, uh, Duel, which... The Steven Spielberg film. That's, I think it was his first film. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I think, yeah, fascinating insight into what he would later achieve. Uh in and of itself, it's not a lot going on, but yeah, worth, definitely worth watching. And also, Driving Miss Daisy. Uh, Hui Kin Lo has gone for a film that I'd be surprised if you've watched, Dave, called Dangal. Or Dangle. Mm, no, I don't think I've heard that one. Which is a, a Hindi language film about a female wrestler. <laughs> okay, no, I don't think I've seen that one. No, I've not heard of it, but there you go. Uh, I recommend it. It's probably the best Hindi language film about a female wrestler. Um, Chris Bird has gone for Die Hard. Uh, Iron Bailey has gone for Dune, which I've not seen. No, you haven't. Um, I think I tried to watch it. Uh, um, was offered the part of a uh, character in Dune. Sting isn't Sting in it. Does he have the same part? Yeah. yeah. I think they're making another one actually. Um, I think I just tried to watch that film. I think once, but it was so long. I think I gave up after right. five minutes. It was like three hours, and it seemed pretty. <laughs> the first five minutes didn't pass particularly quickly, so I gave up. Yeah, I, I read Rob Lowe's uh, autobiography. And he said he was offered a part. And he asked um, what happens to his character if they make a sequel, and apparently he, his character turns into a sandworm. So <laughs> turned it down. Uh, Judy Smith has gone for Doctor Strangelove. Yeah, that was almost on my list. I like that film. I was surprised that wasn't on your list, actually. Yeah, I think I actually really like that film. Maybe I should have uh, squeezed it in somewhere. But yeah, it's very funny. I I don't like Kubrick films, it turns out. I, I keep trying. <laughs> uh, 
I, I recognise that the fault is with me, but uh, I didn't get on with the no, question. No, you know, everyone's got their own opinions. Uh, Neil Mag's gone for Damned United as well, and um, Dead Poets Society. Philip Brown has gone for Downfall. You see yes. that one? Yeah, it's good, really good. Um, hitting the film, isn't it, about the in his bunker, kind of uh, ranting and raving. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. not the whole film, it's just a clip everyone circulates about stuff, but... Um, yeah, it's a good film, isn't it? Um, I, yeah, I, I've seen it, actually. Um, yeah, I was very impressed. No, I think it, it kind of gave fascinating insight into all things like that. Um, Danny Lopez says, Demolition Man, um, which I have seen and wasn't blown away by. Got a young Sandra Bullock in it. Um, Diamonds Are Forever and Dancers with Wolves, which I haven't seen. I've seen, yeah, it's, it's quite good. It's a bit over long. Um, yeah. Kevin Costner was at the height of his uh, fame. Back when he was a bit... He was in uh, Molly's Game, which I wasn't expecting. Really? Okay. Just making a comeback. Uh, my Auntie Mary has gone for Dad's Army. I don't know whether she's recommending the uh, the original film or the recent remake, but um, both good fun. Uh, my Cousin Mark has gone for um, Divergent, uh, Deliverance, and Doctor Strange. Love? Well, Doctor, Doctor, the, the Marvel film. Marvel film. Yeah. yeah. Um, Deliverance, I've not seen. 1972 thriller with yeah, John Point and Burt Reynolds. Right? It's a bit disturbing, but yeah, yeah pretty pretty good. Uh, Lee Hudson has gone for well, to be honest I didn't actually ask him this but he today he recommended the film Dragnet so I just put it in the list because it begins with D yeah um, Tom Hanks film isn't it um, that's it it's like Dan a, Aykroyd kind of spoof of 50s cop shows yeah so in fact I have ordered it from Amazon today because it's had a quite fun yeah that's alright and finally Paul Macy has recommended The Moonlight because he wants me to watch Moonlight we'll <laughs> uh, have to wait for the uh, C to M of movies and then maybe you can yes I'll get Right, whilst we've been talking, Dave, I've been putting together uh, my definitive um, top 10, which is in fact is a top 11 just about, um, because the joint ninth place uh, with six points is the Dan United Drive and the Descendants. Uh, then with seven points is Dark City and Die Hard. Uh, eighth place is, sorry, with eight points is Dave. Nine points is Days and Confused. Uh, joint third with 10 points is Doc Hollywood and Delicatessen because we both gave it top points and no <laughs> one else gave it anything. Yep. Um, coming in second with 11 points, um, seven of them from me, two from you, and two from other people is The Departed. But a massive victory with 18 points uh, is The Dark Knight. Nine points from me, eight points from you, and one point from someone else, uh, Zijan, in fact. Yeah, it proves it. Definitely the best film. Definitely the best ever film being the letter D. Ah, right. We have just got time, Dave. Just got time for the uh, traditional quiz. Okay. Where listeners may know that whenever we have a guest on, they beat me. Um, so we are quizzing on the Cone Brothers. Uh, do you want to go first? Yeah, I actually wrote 10 questions. I misread your email. And I, I, All right. So I'll have to choose a few. Well, okay. Well, pick your easiest five. <laughs> okay, well, I'll, I'll, make, I'll mix it up. The first one, more of a topical one, so perhaps might add a bit of news into the show. Um, oh, yeah. What's the name of the Netflix series produced by the Coens, which is to be released in 2018? Ooh, I have no idea. Um, on the basis that I don't know, I'm going to claim that they... I'm, I'm pretty sure they're not involved with this, and it's not on Netflix, but I'm going to say Electric Dreams. I'm close. It's the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. This is very close. <laughs> okay, uh, your first question, or at least my first question for you. Um, who directed the 1986 film Crime Wave, which the brothers co-wrote with the director? I think it was Sam Raimi. It was Sam Raimi, very good. Um, so, next question for you. Um, this is an easier one. 50-50 shot. Which of the Coen brothers is, is the older, Joel or Ethan? <laughs> uh, uh, Joel. Correct, it's Joel. 
That was a complete guess. <laughs> uh, question two for you. Uh, name the two actresses who appear in both The Man Who Wasn't There and Hail Caesar. I think it's Frances McDormand and Scarlett Johansson. Very good. Very good. Yeah, Frances McDormand is a bit of a giveaway, but uh, since she's in most of them. Yeah. yeah. Good, good work. Okay. Um, which Ealing comedy was remade by the Coen Brothers in 2004? Well, it was The Lady Killers. Yep, that's it. And you're going to love my question three. Um, which 2004 film was the brothers' first remake? That's right. That's a tough one. I'm going to say Lady Killers. No, that's wrong. No, it's right. Yeah, you three from three. Good okay. Luck. Okay. Uh, another multiple choice one. Oh yeah. In the 1987 Coen Brothers film uh, film Raising Arizona, how many babies are born into the Arizona family? Triplets, quadruplets, or quintuplets? Hmm. This is another film that I had on my Netflix list, and then it went off Netflix, so I haven't seen it. But I've, I've definitely seen a picture of uh, Nicolas Cage holding these babies. I'm going to go for quadruplets. It was quintuplets. Was it? Are we sure they were all legitimate? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't prove it. Uh, question four for you. In the film Inside Lewin Davis, what animal goes missing? Is it a cat? It is a cat. 100% so far. It's very good. So um, I believe I've already lost, but let's keep let's keep going. Okay. The last question. Um, so I can choose. Which American state is the setting for the Coen Brothers movies Fargo and The Serious Men? Uh, I think that's Minnesota. That's correct. Have you seen the... Have you seen the sorry, break off the quiz. Have you seen the Fargo TV series? Yeah, I saw the first series. It's pretty good. It's not, not as good as the film, but yeah, it's worth a right. watch. Because I yeah, that's, I'd say that's my favourite of their films, but I haven't seen the TV series yet. Um, final question for you: um, In which of their films does George Clooney play Miles Massey, inventor of the Massey prenup? That would be Intolerable Cruelty. That would. That's a hundred percent. Very impressive. Uh, you beat me uh, five three, I believe. Yeah. Well, it's eighty points in it. Um, so good work. That's fine. It is. Um, I will t- just quickly tell the listeners that next time, I believe Zeej and I are watching Coco. Um, which I'm very much not excited about, but he's making me do it. I think it I've, sounds good. I've. What, do, you want, do you want to finish? <laughs> no, <it's all> right. <laughs> I, I I genuinely have offered if anyone wants to do this uh, in my place, uh, but no. The, the rule is, he makes me watch these films. I make him watch Tom Cruise films. So um, it's you have a miserable time. Yeah. Uh, so that's really next time. Um, Dave, it's been a great pleasure. Uh, it's been fun to be on the show. Thanks very much. Thank you for coming. Um, and. Uh, Thank you for listening. Cheerio. Goodbye.